Uh, I just want to create great art that's useful to other people. I, I Hopefully that stands the test of time, but ultimately I just want to be useful to my fellow man. Hi, I'm Drew Stevens and you're entering a world gone good. to a brand new episode of World Gone Good, the podcast where we shine the light and or find the light in the darkness to prove life isn't as horrible as Twitter wants us to believe. Oh God, Twitter, please don't sue me. You can help Twitter not sue me by helping me look as good as possible. And how do we do that? We do that by spreading the good. Spread it around. Please share, subscribe, rate, and review us. I know I talk about this every week. Just... It's the best way for you to help me, to help the world become a gooder place. Or you know what? I am not the boss of you. If you just want to sit back and enjoy, you sit back and enjoy. Again, I'm not the boss of you. Unless your name is Hazel or Mason, Oliver or Haley, those are our dogs and our cat, then I am the boss of them. Or so I like to believe. So here's what I know about music. Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, and the Alphabet Song are the exact same songs with different lyrics. I'm going to go ahead and give you a minute to sing those both in your head. Go ahead, sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Okay, now do the Alphabet Song. And now I want to give you another minute to wonder why you never figured that out before. I know, it's it's mind-blowing. Music is good. It is timestamps events in our lives we can hear a song and be taken back to a specific moment or we can just have that wave come over us of how it made us feel remembering the first time we heard it music can bring us together um you know whether it's shared friend to friends you send your friend this great song that you love or if we gather at a concert to have that collective experience it makes us feel something and one of those somethings is it makes us feel good. Singer-songwriter Drew Stevens has been performing pretty much his entire life. He joins me today to talk about his journey and how music has traveled with him down his road of life. Little behind the scenes here, over the past decade, Drew and I have worked together a bunch of times. 
but never have we met in person. This conversation is as close as we have gotten. And this is World Gone Good, and we are on location from Palm Springs, California, not the normal Santa Barbara. It's only marginally warmer than it normally is. Right. <laughs> it's about 107 outside. Drew Stevens, we finally done it. Yeah, we finally connected. We've- well, I'm in a storm out here, man. It's, it's raining its ass off. Where are you? To watch. Uh, I'm right outside of Baltimore. Well, right on. And is that your hometown? Yep. Well, I'm in the boonies. I'm out in cow country, but you know, but yeah, we're on a ter- tornado watch right now. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's a- I, could be, I could be sucked into the sky at any moment. It's <laughs> a little daunting. <laughs> nah, it'll be all right. Now it's really funny because if you go and try to do a search for Drew Stevens, there's another Drew Stevens. Oh yeah. That's why I had to spell my name with a Y. That's hilarious. So he was yeah. before you. He was before me. I didn't know about him until it was almost too late and had to change it up real quick. Oh my God, that is so funny. So wait, what's the real, so your spelling's just normal Stevens then? Uh, well, my, my middle name is Steven. Uh, my, my actual name is Andrew Steven Piotrowski. So I just, you know, put a play on Steven. That is amazing. And you know, there was a very famous 1970s, 1980s heartthrob na- named Andrew Stevens. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was married for a while, I want to say, to Kate Jackson, who was oh, from wow. Charlie's Angels. Oh, you learn something new every day. Hey, we're, learning, we're learning things as we go. So, Drew Stevens, you grew up in, well, depending on where you look, if you look at the other Drew Stevens, you find out that he either grew up in St. These are the choices. St. Okay. Louis, Missouri, Troy, Missouri, Indianapolis, Indiana, or Baltimore, Maryland, I'm going to let uh, the last one's me. <laughs> <laughs> so you grew up in Baltimore? Oh, outside of Baltimore. Like, I would say about half hour away. And how big of a family did you grow up with? Uh, just immediate family. Uh, we, we moved to England when I was really young, so it was mainly the immediate family the whole time. Wait, how young were you when you moved to England? Uh, nine to 13. Oh, wow. Now, did that, like me, did that affect, I didn't move to England, but I had a big move from New Jersey to Arizona. Did that affect your accent? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, my accent's all over the map. <laughs> not, not intentionally, not consciously, but uh, yeah, I've definitely been told that I, I've got a kind of a unique accent. Do you remember the first song you ever heard? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Uh, probably... The first song that got me excited as hell, got me up on the couch dancing and jumping around was Hard Day's Night by the Beatles. That, that song gave me chills the first time I heard it when I was a kid. And how old were you? Oh, man, I must have been four or five, maybe. And did your parents or your family members see it, see that light in you? Uh, I'm not sure. I never really asked them about it. Uh, it's, it's definitely become apparent at this point, but I, I don't know whether they saw it at the time. Do you feel like they encouraged you as in your journey, or did you have to discover this on your own? A little bit of both. You know, no, no parent wants to hear that their child's going to be a musician. They're like, oh, God, he's going to be poor and miserable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every, every parent wants their child's life to be as uh, uh, easy as humanly possible. Right, so, right. But, I mean, it turned out for the best. When did you feel like the, oh my God moment, the first time, the holy shit, this might be it moment? Uh, as far as having a career in music? Sure. Um, 
I, I guess it was uh, I was playing in a band at the time and things went south and uh, I really had to uh, pick up the guitar and learn the guitar because I was mainly a vocalist. So I had to learn the guitar real quick. And, and, you know, once I learned guitar and started, you know, moving more out in front with that stuff, it seemed like it was going to work out. And then once I realized I could actually make a decent living doing it, it was uh, it was definitely a weight off. So in 2009, you went on a television show called America's Got Talent. Yep. How did that even happen that you got on it? What was the, what was the start of that? Um, uh, well, I, I did, did it kind of as a fun thing. Um, you know, my, my career wasn't really going anywhere. The girl I was living with at the time said, you got to get your act together and go do something. So I went and stood in line with 20,000 people at 6 a.m. and uh, uh, managed to get on the show. And then by some glitch in the some technicality, I fell through the cracks and I went from being on the show to not being on the show. And I was out playing in Margaritaville in Key West. And I got a phone call that said they were going to be bring me back as a dark horse. I didn't even know what that meant at the time or bring me back as an alternate and wound up. Uh, wound up making it through and actually getting on the show at the, at the last moment. Where were you when you auditioned originally? New York. I was living up in New Jersey, uh, right, right across in the Lincoln Tunnel, uh, right on the other side of the Lincoln Tunnel. And I worked on American Idol, so I know the process of American Idol. Tell people listening what the process is to audition for a show like this. Oh, you sit around for hours. I mean, you, you wait in line. Imagine the worst line at Disney World or any, any park, and you're, you're waiting in that line at 6 a.m. And, uh, yeah, it, it, you're, you're pulling 14, 16-hour days just sitting around doing nothing. And even when you actually get on the show, you're still pulling 14, 16-hour days sitting around doing nothing. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of hurry up and wait, a lot of boredom and then ultimate stress, kind of like being a goalkeeper. You're standing around, and all of a sudden, shit, i got to do something. <laughs> The audition process, did you, like American Idol, uh, I watched this many times happen, it's done in stadiums and, oh, yeah. done, and, and done like next to each other. Were you right next to somebody? Because we had tables lined up. Were you only a few feet away and, and you're singing for a producer or a production coordinator and someone oh, else yeah. is singing, singing your right and singing on your left? Yeah, it's, it's very much triage. I mean, it's exactly what I thought. Um, and you, yeah, you, they put you in groups. So you're lumped in a group of, you know, it could be six to 10 people and everybody's singing at the same time. And it, it's, uh, it's daunting. It's daunting. It's, it's an, uh, actually pretty incredible that they could, the, the judges can filter anything out with all that chaos. I mean, you talk, you know, thousands and thousands of people and you've got to pick, you know, one out of every group. And you've got to stand out immediately. I mean, there's no room for error. You got 10 seconds and you got to show what you can do. And, you know, if you're not ready, it's, it's not going to go anywhere. You got to, you got to be, you got to come ready to, to, to work. Yeah. But no, it reminds me of, um, of standup comedy. Cause you got to come out the door with standup comedy with a joke in the first six to seven seconds. You, you got to grab them right away. Yeah. You got to let people know that you, you're supposed to be there. Well, you certainly grabbed one person because David Hasselhoff had a little man crush on you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hasselhoff was awesome, man. I love that guy. <laughs> but Piers, not so much. Oh, Piers was okay, but I mean, he kind of has, a, you know, he's the, guy, the bad cop that doesn't like anybody, kind of, you know, that was his stick. Did you have a feeling when you, I mean, you go through this whole process and you, you sort of put it to bed and you go, okay, that didn't work out. I'm going to move on to the next thing. But then it right. does work out. 
And, and plus, like I said, I was playing in Key West. I was having a blast. And they called me and said I needed to get on a plane and come out to California right away. And I was, I was like, I don't think I want to do that. So they almost had to convince me to fly out of Key West to go try out for the show. I mean, I'm glad I did in the end. It was, it was a hell of a lot of fun. But, you know, I, was, I didn't want to leave Key West at the time, to be honest. <laughs> was it a good experience? Oh, man, it was, a, it was a blast. Aside from all the waiting around, I, I was really lucky in the fact that the people that I was on the show with were really, really great people, really talented people, really, really nice people. So the, all of us got to, you know, when you're under that much stress, you either come together or you completely fall apart. And the group that I was with was able to come together pretty well. It didn't feel like a competition. It felt more like a collaboration. And you made it all the way to the semifinals, quarterfinals? Uh, the, the finals, the, the it fi- went from, yeah, it, there was a major drop off. It went from like the top, the, the last 10 standing to the winner. So it wasn't really like a, uh, a final, so to say, it just went from, uh, 10 performers to, to the winner. Right on. As, as soon as, as soon as I was off the show, they put you in a room with a therapist. I was really surprised. I mean, they rinse you off stage they put you in a room with a therapist just to make sure you're okay. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> You for like, real? Well, how, how do you, yeah, yeah. They're like you sit you down with a therapist with a camera on you. It's very, very. Uh, felt like an interrogation it, to a certain extent, but they, they want to make sure that you're not suicidal or anything, and that you can process the fact that you didn't win and make sure that you're okay psychologically. I guess. I think they're also hoping for you to break a little bit, so they got the drama, you know, to put up yeah, there. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we had a set of layoffs go down a couple years ago at work, and and I looked out the window. And there were ambulances downstairs, and I thought, what the hell are there ambulances? What is going on in the building? We didn't hear any alarm or anything. And then someone walked to my office and said, you heard the layoff start. I said, oh, those are the ambulances. Wait, what do they think? And my friend said, they think people are going to start passing out or having breakdowns. Oh, geez. That's crazy. They really preempted that one. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. So for you with music, where does a song start? For me, it mainly starts with the melody, although I've been switching that up lately. I, I've been trying to work with lyrics first, but that's more difficult for me, uh, especially in, in the, the rhythmical sense of the words. So it, it's, it's much easier to, uh, to feel the way a song is going to be than to explain it. So you start with the feeling. It's easy to put the feeling down, and, and melody comes very easy for me as well. I love melodies. I'm a sucker for a melody. Once you get the emotion of the song down, then you explain it through the lyrics. Will you become a hostage to everything you wanted? You thought you'd make a break for it, but you're running out of time. You used to have a temper, you thrived on the anger. Give you such a purpose fire But the fire had to die Now the water's so deep Can't see the bottom There's a hint in the air Of something rotten It comes from a dream That you've forgotten And you burn yourself alive Just to see if you're inside When do your best ideas come to you? In the shower, when you're falling asleep, or out on a run, or all over the place? 
Uh, I work every single night. I usually start work about midnight and I work until the sun comes up and then go to sleep. Um, but I also have a notepad by the bed just in case, you know, you get that twilight idea that you got, you have to write down. And that's where you can't be lazy. Cause you know, if you, you're, you're a creative person, you know, if you get an idea, the, the possibility is huge that if you don't get it down, you're going to lose it forever. So you gotta, gotta not be lazy and get up, write that, write that shit down and then figure out what it was later. <laughs> It's always funny to me too, because I'm the same way. I have a notebook right by the bed and some mornings I wake up and I'm like, rollers? What was that? <laughs> yeah, rollers, skate, monk. What did you write in the dark, you oh, asshole? <laughs> the best one I ever came up with was mosquito tea. I was like, what the fuck is mosquito tea? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and it's fun to play with words too. Just, you know, combining words, you know, try, trying to come to a unique approach to language is also I, I love playing with words what do you want people to get or or what do you hope people get as a takeaway from your music uh, i just want to create great art that's useful to other people I, I hopefully that stands the test of time but ultimately i just want to be useful to my fellow man to enhance people's lives make their lives better you know at least to entertain them a little bit who are your idols uh, I'm I'm so over the map. I mean, I really, I don't really have a musical preference per se. I mean, I go from you know classical to heavy metal and everything in between. But I, I guess the, I mean, like I said, the Beatles, Elvis, were you know the uh, John Denver, some of my first you know what my parents listened to really affected me. And then uh, later on, I, it was the Doors, Nirvana, stuff like that. You know, my father was a, a Jewish man from Brooklyn, and John Denver was his favorite, like, favorite. John yeah. Denver. He was a hell of a song craftsman and a hell of an entertainer. I mean, he had that, you know, that, the stigma of being too wholesome. But, I mean, what does that even mean? How can you be too wholesome? You're too good. You're too nice. You're too, you know, I don't know what that means. And plus, John Denver's honesty. I mean, not many artists are as honest as, as he was. At its core, great art should always be honest. Yeah, no question. And he was, he was something magic in his lyrics and his vocals. And, and it still freaks me out that he you know, flew off on a plane and was never found. It was like he just yep. vanished. Experimental plane, too. Yeah. What is it? What is it? Here's a random question. I'd even, cause I take, I take some notes, Drew. I try to be professional. I'll write them down. Here's a random one that just came ahead. What is it with all these musicians, specifically men? in planes that go down <laughs> uh it probably pissed off the record companies <laughs> <laughs> my dad loved john denver and my dad loved the tijuana brass it was somebody in the tijuana brass my god uh herb alpert and the tijuana brass have you ever listened to them no i can't say i have oh my god write this down herb alpert and the tijuana brass Gotcha. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. It will change your life. Some of it is so cheesy and so bad, and some of it is so genius that you sit there in awe of like, what the hell? How did this happen? Oh, yeah. I love crazy stuff like that. Like Frank Zappa blows my mind. I love off-the-wall shit. What project are you working on right now? Uh, actually, quarantine was great for me, man. I, I've got two albums written, two new albums. Uh, I've started doing all the production myself, which has been really interesting. Uh, just to knuckle down and, and to, to dive into the engineering and production side, it's been a lot of fun. 
but uh, I've got two new albums written and um, got half the one put out so far, I think. Wow. And can people start um, purchasing this and listening to this? Or are you waiting to put the whole thing together? Um, I'm, I'm going to have the six songs up pretty soon. And all the music on the website is for free. Um, obviously, uh, donations are welcome. But if you don't have any money, just go ahead and download it for free. Here's a question that I ask a lot of my guests, which is this. If you could talk to 13-year-old, 14-year-old Drew, what are the life lessons you've learned that you would tell him? <laughs> it's all a game. All of it. Don't take it so seriously. It's all just a big game. Figure out, how to, figure out the rules and just play. Do you have any regrets? Um, to the extent that everybody has regrets, but you know, the, the, the old adage that everything is a learning experience and everything that you went through is, is, is what gets to you, has gotten to the point that you are now. So there, there's really no logical reason to have regrets because you needed those things to happen to make you who you are. But you still feel that pang every once you know how it is. You just, but it's, it's still, it's, it's the hard lessons that make you who you are. The easy stuff doesn't really register because you're too busy enjoying yourself and having a good time. It's the, it's the punches that, that turn you into the person that you become. Um, you're writing a song right now. Are you writing that down? Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get it later. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, getting personal here, you and I, are complete strangers, but you have said yes to me, a complete stranger, every single time. Nothing, uh, that, just, that came out really dirty. Um, let's, let's clean it up, people. <laughs> or don't clean it up. That's fine, too. That's, <laughs> you, you, I asked you to re-record a theme song for a web series. You said yes. I asked you to sing an entire song, and I sent you the singer songwriter, I wrote the lyrics. My brother wrote the music. We sent it to you a song called hot mess, which I'll play. a clip of. And you said yes to a stranger without any hesitation. And I got to ask you why? Well, I I don't believe in chaos. I don't believe in the accident. I think that, and and not to sound cheesy, but I do believe everything happens for a reason. And you, you you have to just jump in and, and take what comes at you and, and, take it in the in the best direction that you possibly can but more than anything i just like to work i love being in the studio so any work that comes at me i i I can't wait to get on it and see what happens with it i mean the most exciting thing for me is going in the studio and just seeing what comes out
Well, I've thanked you so many times, but I'll thank you again because to this day, I was just amazed. I'm always amazed by the different people I get to work with, but I'm always amazed most by the people who I don't know who I reach out to and they go, yeah, let's do it. When? It was a pleasure, man. We had a fun time with that one. Yeah, that's that. And, and the video we made for it was still one I think of my proudest moments because it's your voice with Sam Pancake lip syncing you and <laughs> us just laughing because we did a whole cheesy 80s themed video to try to make it look as poor and bad as humanly possible. Oh, yeah. We, we went through a bunch of 80s drum machines for that one, man. The 80s bass, we had a blast. We, we, we brought out all the 80s production on that one. Where do you want to be in five years, 10 years? Uh, successful for the right reasons in whatever way that happens, I guess. And what would you tell somebody who's up and coming in your industry who's got, who you have 10 years seniority on? What advice would you give? Um, repetition is the key to perfection and when all else fails, just be persistent. It's uh, If you keep walking, you might never get to where you're going, but if you stop walking, you definitely won't. So just, just be persistent and don't be lazy. We end these shows with three questions. Don't worry, you know all the answers. Okay. First question is the easiest one. Where do people find you? Where do people find Drew Stevens' music? Plug away. Um, probably the best thing is drewstevens.com. Uh, uh, that's the main website, but I'm um, really easy to find on Facebook. These last two questions can go back to anything we've already talked about or anything you want to talk about. Don't even have to be musically inspired. Question number one, and I just said the word, who inspires you? Who inspires me? You know what, really, uh, the thing that always blows my mind are people that are competent, you know, people that really know what they're doing and get excited about what they're doing. And it doesn't matter what it is. You just, you can tell when somebody really knows like the ins and outs of their job and, and extremely competent, the kind of person that comes around, you know, that everything's going to be okay because they've got it down. Whether it's a plumber or an artist or, or a mechanic or it, it doesn't matter. Just somebody that... <sighs> knows what they're doing forwards and backwards. That always impresses me. And the final question, again, anything you want to tell me, tell us. Tell me something good. Everything's going to be okay, man. <laughs> it's all gravy, baby. We're living above, floating in space and time, but no one seems to notice, no one seems surprised. While you sleep I whisper your secrets And I bless all your dreams I wish I could tell you When you are awake But I'm afraid I might stumble And make a mistake Then it's coffee Through a pile of missed moments and a sink full of plates 
Reaching the clouds to grab our disguise That'll stifle and smother for most of our lives We're living above, floating in space and time No one seems to notice, no one seems surprised Thank you, Drew, for sharing your good. Visit his website, drewstevens.com, to download his music. And remember, that is Drew Stevens with a Y. His music is free. You can actually pay whatever you want. He accepts any amount. So go support a great artist. Next time on World Gone Good. Before I had a baby, I would have to have all this prep time, like get in my head and figure out what to do. And I realized when I ran out onto the stage, I had the baby monitor like clipped on my belt. The one thing I had to worry about in the whole world was whether or not my baby was breathing. And then the rest of the stuff didn't matter. So I looked at the monitor and it was still on. It was all staticky. And I held it to my ear and the microphone and I looked at the audience. I said, she's probably fine. Debbie Praver is a comedian and fitness instructor. Yes, you heard me right. She is a comedian and fitness instructor. She will get you in shape and make you laugh the whole time. And when the pandemic hit, she found her good by going back to her roots and started offering her classes, ready for this, for free. We talked the good of taking care of yourself first, laughing as much as humanly possible, and what to do in an emergency situation like when you're playing Minnie Mouse and you suddenly catch yourself on fire. Yes, you heard that correctly. I hope you'll join us. Until then, be good. <laughs>